long time in the future in the Milky Way galaxy, it's the Vercozicast. Each month, join Nancy and Robin as they read through the Vercozican saga by Lois McMaster Bujold. From Borear to Jackson's Hole, from Cordelia to Miles, it's time to jump through a wormhole and explore the galactic nexus. everyone, welcome to episode four of the Farcosicast. I'm your host, Nancy. And I'm your host, Robin. Today we're going to be discussing the Vor game. But before we do that, we got some really exciting Vorkosigan related news yesterday, which is I am ecstatic, Robin. I gasped so loud when I heard this, and Brian thought something bad had happened. <laughs> uh so the oh. news is that Lois McMaster Bujold has written a brand new Verkozigan novella. Which is further along than I am, but yes. I know how you feel about Ekaterin, and yeah. I'm super excited. Yes, I'm, I'm that that's happening. I'm going to find the the Goodreads link synopsis to thing. her. Well, she doesn't even have a synopsis, it's just a blog post. Um, about it but yeah someone on the um someone on the patreon on our tashi station patreon put it in the slack yesterday so thank you because good good goodreads never wants to show me like blog notifications so i wouldn't have seen this but uh lois mcmaster brujold uh has a blog on goodreads and she posted an update yesterday the flowers of Vashnoi bloom in May. I am pleased and somewhat surprised to report, which is funny because she's the author. She's like, whoops, I wrote a book. Uh, to surprise, to report that a new Verkosiverse novella is upcoming probably in late May, which is by the time we release this, this month. Title is The Flowers of Vashnoi. Cover label is going to be an Ekaterin Verkozigan novella, and the length is about 22,400 words, roughly the same as Winterfair Gifts. So when I read Ekaterin Verkozigan novella, I like freaked did, out. I am I imagined that you did. Like, yes. I know we weren't together, but we were yelling at each other in the Slack channel. We were. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So she said, as usual, no pre-order will be set up. You can just buy it when it goes live at our usual three online vendors, Kindle, iTunes, and Nook. I will certainly post the news when that occurs. Final revisions are almost complete. It's down to the stage where I spend all morning adding two sentences and all afternoon taking them back out, which is generally a sign to stop. <laughs> the other part, <laughs> I like her process. Yep. The other part to be nailed down is the e-cover, Still in development, so no sneak peek yet. Possibly my shortest novella. This one has, oddly, taken the longest of anything to complete. My computer files claim I started the first draft back in November 2011. I could not even remember. It ran along well for a while, but then, then hit a brick wall and died on impact, I thought. I believed it was buried forever, but apparently it was just cryo-frozen because it came back to life a couple of months ago when I was trying and failing to boot up a new adventure for Penric and Desdemona, which is her other uh, novellas that she okay. self-publishes. When my back brain hands me a gift like that, I found it's better not to refuse it. 
Like starting any car that's been in storage for too long, there were snags. At first, I thought it needed a new viewpoint added, but I tried a scene that way and it just didn't fit in. There were some other issues, including confusion as to length. I th I'd thought it was supposed to be much longer. It turned out the key was to let it be shorter. Then at last, it began to move. I knew I was getting somewhere when the real title finally fell into place. Ah, aha, so there. <laughs> <laughs> Figuring out the best time to announce an e-publication is an ongoing experiment. Too early and people will have forgotten it by pub date. Too late and there isn't any time for word to get around. One week's notice last time seemed too tight. I shall try three to four weeks this outing and compare. I'm sure someone with a much larger data set than mine has an algorithm for this. Ta L. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she's thinking about data sets and yeah. like... So like her her like regular writing is is very similar to her prose writing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I appreciated that. So, I like it. So yeah, um Verkozigan Vashinoy, as a reminder, was the original cap capital of the Verkozigans district, which was a uh bombed in the Setagandan War, like nuclear bombed. <laughs> is that where um Miles has land that he Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, great. Okay, his irradiated land, his irradi basically. Yeah, I the irradiated farmland. I don't think was the actual capital, but surrounding it. Right, but it's near there. Yes. It's in that general area. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And apparently, you for a long time, the land would glow at night because of the radiation. That's uh, nice. Yeah, it stopped now. About the by the time of I think this book is going on. So I'm assuming this this novella is going to deal with like rebuilding Verkozigan Vashnoy, and like I'm assuming. With the reference to flowers, it will be dealing with Katrin's gardening. Garden, yeah, because you've said that she, I don't know her yet, but you've mentioned her in gardening. She's a gardener. So, uh, you know, that's right up my alley. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and, Very about this. And, uh, or it could be also dealing with children, because this mm. would be around the time, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> this is a spoiler free. It's not spoiler free. No, at all. it's not. But um, so yeah, I am super excited. I mean, I of course would kill for a new Verkozigan book, but just getting a new Verkozigan novella while I'm actually reading the series is is it's, great. It's pretty good stuff. Yes. So I was like, yes, we have to talk about this on. And We'll have to add it to our list. Yes, yes. So this, she said, um, this would take place the same summer as Captain Vorpatrol's Alliance. So, okay. so we could probably pair this with um, Diplomatic Immunity, which is right. the the book before uh, Captain Vorpatrol's Alliance with Miles and Ekaterin on their honeymoon. So. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's not romantic because it's Miles. <laughs> Come on, Miles. You can't even get your honeymoon right. <laughs> I mean, it's Gregor's fault this time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, like, the only thing that would make this better if it had been a Gregor novella. Because <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying I really wish I, we'd gotten a Gregor book, but then... 
as I was reading the war game, tying it back around to our topic at hand, uh-huh. uh, I, I like- remembered, wait a minute, this is the Gregor novel. <laughs> um so yeah we got that i guess so yeah uh we are going so yeah i'll i'll mention uh next month when we record i'll probably have read the novella so i can you know give you my thoughts but non-spoiler thoughts right yeah okay so because i'm i'm still trying to go in order here yeah you are currently reading what book now uh, well, I stopped to read a true crime novel. Ah, okay. Um, and what am I on? Let's find out. I can't remember. I can't keep titles straight because I just like I'll stop one because I'm listening to them all, and I'll stop one and immediately start the next one. So there's no like gap between right. them. Ah. Um, so I am currently listening to Mirror Dance. Okay. You're, um, you're ahead of us. I told you you need to stop and catch. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm definitely ahead. I, um, I, but like I said, I just, I want the next bit so badly mm-hmm. that I'm just like audibles kind of like, you know, it's crack. bad for people. Yeah. It's like crack. Cause I can just be like, yes, I'll take another one. Yes. I'll take another one. Um, but I have stopped to read, uh, to listen to the, the true crime, um, novel that I'm well, not novel book that I'm super interested in right now. So, um, I won't get back to mirror dance until next week. Ah, uh, okay. The, I, I'm, I'm very eager to hear your thoughts on mirror dance, especially you, chapter six. Oh man. Actually, I don't what it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Uh, uh huh. Sure. Just power That's through. That's what people said about the last Jedi. Put That's your... what people are saying about the Avengers. So uh, I mean, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> the Avengers is not fine. <laughs> but I the loved last it. I was not fine either. But I loved it. So I mean, I was just—it was just so emotionally compromising. Yes. Um. But Lois McMaster Rajol never does anything without a reason. She has I my know. trust. Okay. I mean, I'm going to read it anyway. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's kind of the point of this podcast. Right. But I'm a little apprehensive now. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're getting our we're getting our listeners scared. And the ones I who mean, have at read least the- I know Miles lives because <laughs> there are like there are more, more books, books afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a robot Miles. Oh no. <laughs> Man, that's the one thing Verkos again doesn't have is robots, cyborgs, robots. Yeah, yeah. there aren't any, are there? Uh, no, not really. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the <laughs> board game. About this book. Uh, so yeah, the Vor game was first published in 1990. It was the seventh novel published in the saga. It I don't w- get it. I'm going to say this every time, but I don't understand how she does that. Uh, yes. Uh, it won the Hugo Award for Best Novel in 1991, and it, so therefore it was the first for Kozigan Saga to win the Hugo. Which, yes, I'm I'm pleased because I really like this one. I um, love this. So War Game was written after Brothers in Arms, as well as the novellas Labyrinth and Borders of Infinity, even though it takes place much earlier in the time frame. Miles is uh 20 in these books 
it fills in the gap of how Miles went from the end of the Warrior's Apprentice, where he's finally in the Imperial Academy, um, and then the beginning of Brothers in Arms, where he is back with the Dendari mercenaries. Um, I would imagine if you had read these as they were being published and you read uh, Warrior's Apprentice and read Brothers in Arms, you would be really confused about what happened. Um, I would. And there's, I, there's just so much information about getting from one to the other. Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah, and like I have not... Um, I have not uh, re- reread Brothers in Arms yet, so I okay. haven't gotten all of the little, um, the little uh, like foreshadowing or like backshadowing, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just I remember that book. Like Miles is back as Admiral Naismith, and he's with Ellie, and like he's, and I'm just like trying to think back and i'm like wait a minute i would be really confused <laughs> if i was reading these in publication yeah. order which is why we're ordering them or reading them not in publication order correct because chronological is always the way forward yeah for anything like this yes so yes um confusing as always but it's I mean, she must have known what she was doing or just been really good at tying things in together. <laughs> or she's just a really good writer. I, I think I was thinking about it earlier. And one of my other favorite writers um, is Diana Gabaldon or Gabaldon. I don't know how you say it. Uh-huh. Um, she wrote the Outlander series and she talks about her writing process and she'll start with something like, she does write in chronological order for the most part, but she's written thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. I mean, I think the shortest Outlander book is something like 900 pages. Right. And there are nine or ten of them. Jesus. Right. So I've been reading these this series of books since I was 15, and it's not over yet. Wow. It's a – yeah. This is dedication. Um but she will start with some like middle of the book and then write the rest of the book around this passage that she comes up with. Mm-hmm. And then she'll bring up something from seven books ago. Jeez. And you're like, wow, I haven't thought about that in literally 10 years. <laughs> um, but I think that people that are excellent at their craft can do, you know, can do that or can like Lois McMaster Bujold like writes around these things in ways that I do not feel natural to me. Yeah. You know, as a writer. Um, But clearly they work for her because I have enjoyed 99% of these books. (laughs) I really struggled. We'll get to that later. Poor Setaganda. (laughs) I was just so bored. I re- I realized that I had to read that now, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh no. wait, I have a Varkozigan novella at the end of the month to get me. So through. it'll help you get through Cedaganda. Yeah. Although I'm <laughs> I'm interested to see if I like it more now that I know the characters and I can just appreciate it for the Miles and Ivan hijinks and nothing else. 
I, I did enjoy the Miles Ivan hijinks because that's always a good time. It's always a good time. Um, but there, when we get to that book, there will be a lot of me flailing <laughs> and not in a like happy flailing kind of way, but like, uh, rolling, you know, eye rolling, yes. flailing kind of way. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what was your opinion of the war game, Robin? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I love the the mercenaries yeah you know that that's that's an ongoing thing Mm -hmm. and it has become one of my favorite parts of the series so um i don't know i really enjoyed the character development that miles gets in this book right he Um, i i I I had said, you know, that Warrior's Apprentice was not my favorite book the first time I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more the second time around after I had, you know, gotten to know Miles. And mm-hmm. I realized I was probably a little harsh on him the first time around. He's not that insufferable, <laughs> although he, <laughs> he, he does some stupid things mm-hmm. um, as 17 year old boys are wont to do that's just how most of them behave exactly but um even the first time around i read the vor game i was really impressed at how like three years had changed miles so much i also realized that she wrote it later so that might have benefited miles because you know not only is he more mature but her writing is also more mature yep if that makes sense yeah she's got she's in her groove yeah yeah. She knows this character. She knows all the other characters. Um, and um, I loved, I just liked getting to know him and seeing him out of his element and know he's out of his element, but also <laughs> have these moments of just brilliance. Um, <laughs> I loved the other characters, like, kind of ragging on him. There's that little moment at the end um, with when Miles is talking with his father and Elena and he says something about having a problem with subordination and Uh Elena and his father just look at each other and laugh. And Miles is like, I don't get it. What's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I think that Miles is never destined to be, um, he he just doesn't have the temperament to be bossed around by other people. No. Like definitely never. not. Nope. And this book was also I think I loved it so much when I first read it because I really really liked Gregor and I think this book has such a good arc for Gregor even though he's not the viewpoint character. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish we would had gotten his viewpoint as well like the trend now in books is to have an author um rewrite a book from the other character's point of view uh-huh. <laughs> like with gray and twilight i'm like why can't lois mcmaster brujol do that with the board game <laughs> from yes, gregor's well, perspective uh, that would be wonderful right but um I She's don't a really think that good writer. Yes, I don't think that will happen <laughs> much to my chagrin. 
but um, he has such a good arc where he go like literally goes from wanting to run away and attempting to commit suicide while drunk one night right and then uh, him literally threw himself off a balcony yeah i mean yeah and immediately realized i done effed up <laughs> But yep. by then it was too too much, and he, uh, he goes and realizes that you know, being emperor isn't all that bad, and I'm actually kind of good at it. So <laughs> I might as well might stick as well around. embrace this. Yeah. Um. So let's get started going through the book. Yep. Um. The first part of the book was actually part of a story called Weatherman that was published oh. I don't remember the name of the magazine but it was like a separate um piece like a separate thing I don't know if you can even buy it anywhere but it was basically the beginning was just reworked slightly and became the beginning of the war game um I don't know what exactly she changed probably the ending to make it go with the rest of the book but um when I was reading it, I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be about Miles at Camp Permafrost. And then he ends up leaving. And I'm like, oh, she did the thing that she does where you, she makes you think that the book is going to be about something else. Right. And then it's, it's going to be about this thing. And then it's not at all. Yep. That's what she does. Yep. So the book, as we said, is really posing a question. Can Miles Verkozigan ever really learn to be subordinate? And the answer to that is no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think if you just want to say generally no, but I think he does. I don't know if you would call it subordination, but he does have a lot of respect for uh, the various positions and the vor as a um as an yes. organization yes but i think that growing up like miles grew up he's vor so he's the top social strata yeah he's wealthy and he's like besties with the emperor mm -hmm. and has <laughs> literally literally right um and he's very bright. Too, and too bright. Too bright. Smart people don't like, many smart people don't like to feel like they're under the thumb of people that are stupider than they are. And yeah. I think that Miles knows how smart he is. Yeah. And knows that almost everybody is dumber than he is. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Not like, you know, there. but he's got a level of intelligence that most people around him do not have. Additionally, he started out as an admiral at age 17. <laughs> yes. I mean, he made that up. But yeah. you you get to be in command and you, you certainly don't want to give that up. Right. Because you're used to being in charge. I mean... I kind of have some of these troubles. Clearly, I am not Vor, nor am I in the military, <laughs> nor anything else. Robin, you could be Robin Vorsmith. Yeah. There is. There are Vorsmiths, by the way. There are Vorsmiths? Yep. Oh, my. That would be wonderful. 
I'm going to change my name, guys. <laughs> um, but I've been my own boss for so long yeah. that the idea of having somebody else be my boss, <laughs> I cannot even fathom it. I'd be the worst employee. Yeah. I would be the world's worst employee. Right. And I feel like Miles is sort of the world's worst, like, private or whatever rank he is at this point. Right. Yes. Ensign, I believe. Yeah, there Maybe. we go. Ensign. I can't, I can't yes. keep it straight because yeah. my last book, he was lieutenant. Yes. Um, yes. Um, so Miles goes to Camp Permafrost. Um, he is assigned there at the end. Uh, Ivan gets a very swanky assignment in the capital um, as like an assistant. Um, and uh, spoilers, he kind of stays that way that that sort of position for a while <laughs> um, but um so they miles of course wants ship duty um everyone wants, wants ship, ship duty. duty um but he is willing to accept other positions except for what the hell is this i know nothing about weather um so he goes to talk to the person in charge of assignments and they're like yes we did this on purpose because you um have a problem with subordination and if you can go to this assignment for six months and keep your you know keep you doing your job and keep your head down you uh could get assigned to the new uh warship that's being constructed the prince serg um which which is like everybody's dream assignment right it's the top of the line ship it's like just being finished up and you know six months when it's ready to go on its shakedown cruise (laughs) which i think is funny uh miles can get assigned there and it would be his dream um of course, that does not happen. Miles gets involved. Spoilers. Yeah. Miles gets involved first in a murder mystery plot. And then and then in a mutiny. I mean, this is all in like the first hundred pages. Too. Yeah, exactly. So there is a, a spill of a like f- chemical that can cause mutations um, and you know Barrens, they don't like that and so they're trying to figure out how to contain it um and the um the the head of the of camp from permafrost aka carol island uh is um stannis metzoff and he is a asshole (laughs) yep he's terrible (laughs) he's terrible um he basically orders a bunch of um I believe they're the the trainees who came in um, for the winter to go and fix the spill. Uh, And they refuse because if they get exposed to it, it can like kill them or, you know, cause horrible genetic mutations. Um, And I mean, even in a society that's not as prejudiced as Briar, I you know, don't think you would want that yeah, sort of thing to happen. Yeah, nobody really wants genetic mutation. Exactly. Like, um, so, of course, you know, Miles gets involved. <laughs> because, of course he does. And and they're like, send send the mutie. Um, 
you know, and he's like, actually, I, my, uh, my prop all teratogenic. It's all teratogenic. <laughs> like that's his like rallying call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, he he's watching this mutiny, and they call in like a bunch of techs to like fire on them, basically. Like it was going to be like a mass murder because these people yep. refused orders. They mutinied, but yeah, yep. And Miles is just sitting there, like, what? What? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Um. So, um, he is trying to figure out what to do, how to fix this problem, and his solution is. Um, I'm also going to join the mutiny because I'm Vor and they can't punish me <laughs> as much as the other ones. <laughs> um, so it was, I think that's actually when I really gained a lot of respect for Miles because it's not like when he dove off the wall in the insect test entrance tests and broke his mm. legs. This is like, he knows the consequences are going to be bad and he does it anyway because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Right. And he understands that he's using his privilege. Yes. In, in a way that is helpful to these people. Yes. Um, and, and, and these people have not been great to him while he's there. Like he gets no. there and they play a practical joke on him that almost gets him killed. By drowning in mud. Uh, yeah, that's the worst way to go. Right. So, I mean, he's really, like, sticking his neck out for these people that... And it's also because, like, it's because of the military as a whole, his respect for it. Like, you know, Metsov is abhorrent to him because anyone who would do this sort of thing is just completely against what Barayar stands for. Right. Or what it stands for in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So he is arrested and brought to um, Impsec headquarters where he's brought into Ilian's office and Ilian's just like, <sighs> deep sigh. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Like, and it's, it's really cute because like they talk about how like Miles called him Uncle Simon, like mm -hmm. all through his life until he got into the military and then he was Sir. And like, like, Ilion is still kind of scared of Cordelia. <laughs> I mean, she did bring somebody's head in a shopping bag. Yeah, so. but also it, it, it reminded me the first time he met Cordelia, she was tied up in bed naked after oh um, after Bathari had sliced off Routier's head. That is right. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so Ilion has... So so his like overwhelming memories of this woman are like beheaded people beheaded and mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah that that could be intimidating yeah exactly and and you know beside the fact that Ilion has an eidetic memory so you know he never he remembers every everything so um he talks to Miles and he's like what are we gonna do and then um you know door opens someone comes in and it's errol um who says he's not there <laughs> which <laughs> i love i love when i love when the vor and like the the important people like do the things they're not supposed to and they hug and 
you know, they talk about what happened and they're like, well, what can we do with Miles? And they're like, well, we have to keep him here out of public view, but we can't like condone what he did. And like talking about how Errol's going to be publicly um, upset with him and all this, all this vor politics. Um, And then uh, Miles and Errol talk alone and their conversation just breaks my heart <laughs> because he asks Errol, did I do the right thing? And Errol's just like, well, you did a right thing. You know, there, right. are, there are lots of things that you could have done there, but in the heat of the moment, you chose what you thought was best. And I think it was a good thing. And it's like Miles smiled for the first time since he left Camp Frost. Yeah, no, I love their relationship. Yeah. We, I, I haven't gotten much of it, mm-hmm. um, but the snippets that I have had are just lovely. Yeah, it's um, I I mean, there's there's a lot of in- good conversations between them um, mm-hmm. throughout this. I mean, there there's there's not a lot like they don't have as as much interaction as you know Miles and other characters just because. He's separated from them for right to have him be on his own, but like there's um there's some scene there's a one particular conversation with them in a civil campaign. Oh, <laughs> shocking! That is like the best conversation ever, and it just yep. it's it's wonderful. So I, I I love the little moments they they get to each other, and you just see how much Miles both respects respects his father both as a person and as a military figure like while he's really doing everything to prove Piotr's wrong he's also really doing everything to make his dad proud yeah Um, which is sweet it is very sweet and also like there was um i think it's in this book when they talk about how errol would um take two-hour lunches every day to play with miles um yes i don't remember if it was this book or not but i I remember thinking that's so sweet yeah and like how he would be the one to like push miles like when he was stubborn about the horrible physical therapies he had to do and he'd be like you are vor this is your duty and i'm like that's terrible to do to a child but like it's also like what you have to do in this society right um so yeah miles is stays there for a while uh he's like they they finally assign him a job be- just to keep him busy because he's like ready to like just annoy the hell out of people you don't want miles for again bored with nothing to do <gasps> oh like. my. i mean i've said before that he used to uh you know put the kudelka daughters into drill teams <laughs> Right. Run so that's with what them. happens when Miles is bored as a child. Yeah. What happens when Miles is bored as an adult? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Just he creates disaster. a mercenary fleet. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens. Oh, whoops! I have five thousand. Uh, a mercenary fleet of five thousand. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. Right. Um. So Miles is finally assigned to Imsec and sent to the Hegan Hub with Ungari and Overholt. Um, a captain and a sergeant, respectively, to investigate the political situation there. And Lois McMaster Bujold describes the political situation in the Hegan Hub uh, in detail. Um, my eyes kind of glaze over at those parts, not because they're in- not interesting, but because I 
have a hard time understanding them. <laughs> um, I'm going to be perfectly honest and say that I don't remember anything about the political situation <laughs> um, in the Hagen Hub. I, having listened to the audio book, I, I listen while I'm driving. Yeah. And um, I clearly just tuned that out. Like, <laughs> all of it. There is a handy, um, or there was at least in the one, um, the the f- ebook I used to have. I don't think the one I got on Amazon has it. Like a actual like diagram of the Hegan Hub. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it, it doesn't have it in this one, but it's basically like. So there's four powers. There's Vervain, Pole, um, the Jacksonians, and um, Asland. And they're, right. they, they're all basically controlling the various wormholes. And Brayar, I think, leads into Pole. Um, and it's like, it's just basically like a, a place where all of the wormholes come together. And right. like, and um only or- reason I remember Vervain is that it's um the, the uh it's an essential oil. Ah, okay. It's it's another word for verbena. Ah, okay. And pole is uh polity, which is funny because it's like an independent state. <laughs> right. Um so they're all kind of jockeying for position. Um, the most important thing is that I believe the Vervaini have hired the uh, Dend- the Dendari mercenaries. <laughs> Can we just pause for a moment? Yeah. To talk about the Dendari mercenaries because yeah. in the beginning of my audiobooks, they say the Dendari. Ah, okay. And as the audiobooks go on, they're the Dendari. Oh, that's not how I said it at all. Right. <laughs> I said so, Dendari. So it's Dendari? Or Dendari Den- is Den- how he said it for the last like three books. Oh. Yeah. It started out Dendari. Oh. But okay. now I, I assume someone corrected him because it's the same dude reading all the books. Yeah. Um, I assume someone was like, oh, no, no, it's Dendari. Mm, okay. Um,. It took me like a whole book and a half to feel okay about that. <laughs> okay. Um, That's just my aside. Yeah. Everything else has been, you know, mm-hmm. it's pre- pretty normal. Yeah. yeah. Although seeing things in print sometimes, I'm like, oh, that's how they spelled that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Dairy I is okay. what it was corrected to. All right. Well, I'm wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we've all pronounced i would have pronounced it differently the dude that read it pronounced it differently for the first two books yeah i so, mean now now my whole life is like torn turned upside down because i've been saying didn't dairy i wrong my whole life yeah, there you go I'm, i mean we're just gonna have to hide in a <laughs> hole now because we're <laughs> uh, so um yeah. i was wrong Randall's Rangers are hired by Vervain. Um and Aslund hires uh the Den- 
<laughs> you say it. <laughs> the Dendarii. Yeah, that. <laughs> Those guys. So I just. Admiral Naismith. They hire Admiral Naismith. Yeah. How's that? So I just looked up Asland on mm-hmm. Google and it. The first thing was Asland, Norway. And I'm like, yeah, that that sounds about right. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, Asland hired the Osirin. I'm going to say Osirin mercenaries for this book. Yep, there we go. But they were the Dendarii. Uh, So, yeah, Asland hires uh, the Osirins and... Vervain hires Randall's Rangers. So they're like, we might need you to react to be Admiral Naismith again. And Miles is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's do it. Um, so he goes into the hub and he is posing as Victor Rotha, who's an arms dealer. And like, he describes the suit as like a pimp suit. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh God, Miles. Uh, and I kept thinking the whole time he was doing this, I was like, you're really bad at playing this character, Miles. <laughs> yeah, he really is. But- He's really good at being Admiral Naismith, He's but he not... was really bad at being Victor Rotha. He, yeah, really. Um, so he meets... See, I have the hiccups. It's, oh, it's Victor Rotha's <laughs> fault. So he meets with Sidney Liga about selling him weapons. Um, and then he meets with uh, Livia New, who is this very attractive, also very um, scary woman. <laughs> who's she is both of those things yeah she's not much taller than him which of course miles is like he's like hey he's like finally i meet someone who's not much taller than me and she's cray cray <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah he leaves before olivia new can get frisky with him um he comes across sergeant chodak who is from the dendarii <laughs> <laughs> and yes, he that yeah, he learns that Oser has taken over the fleet again. Um, he Miles is then arac- arrested by the Jacksonians uh, for the murder of Liga. And he asks, like, well, who paid for the arrest? Because that's how Jacksonians do the law. Uh, the, <laughs> yes, they say, they're like, well, do you want to out? Do you want to outbid? <laughs> like, that's literally what they do. Um, yep. Yeah, I can't wait for you to learn more about the Jacksonians because they are wild. <laughs> the, uh, are they worse than the Sita Gandans? No, the Sita Gandans are the worst. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, as evidenced by this book. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and most books going forward, yeah. I would like to point out. Yes. So, apparently, someone named Cavillo paid out this is it how did the how is that pronounced robin cavillo okay good i was right um so he is tries to get away but is arrested um gets separated from overholt and um ungari who ungari was called away like on some urgent thing and miles is like okay whatever um and then as he's like coming to from the stun shock he sees a very familiar face it is Gregor, who's in the Keegan <laughs> hub by himself without guards. And Miles is like, wait. What? What? <laughs> really? Literally, because he's under, he's still like 
kind right. of groggy. He's he's a little woozy. Yeah. So Gregor has been placed in like a slave labor camp on this station, the Jacksonian station. Um, Gregor or Miles is like, oh my god, I have to go with him. Like I can't leave Gregor alone. Like I I have to go. So he right. finagles his way to go with Gregor instead of like in taking someone else's place um they like kind of smuggle themselves into wherever they end up the station and uh miles finds out that gregor um f- was on komar to do like some talks uh got very depressed one night had a little bit too much to drink uh pondered running away pondered throwing himself off the balcony actually threw himself off the balcony <laughs> got caught in some bushes Climbed all the way down and then just kind of left. Kind of just wandered off. Yeah. Um, he's like, it must have been in between guard shifts. Um, and like Gregor's like imagining the poor Batman going into uh wake Gregor in the morning and freaking out. Um, Being like, uh, we've lost the emperor. Yeah. Literally lost the yes. emperor. Lost. Like we're he, no one knows. Yeah. Also, this was the first, like, book series where I learned the phrase Batman. (laughs) Oh! Yeah, I had never heard it before as, like, other than Batman. I've only ever heard, I've only ever heard it in, in, like, British English. Because it's a very British term. Yeah. Um, and it would be Batman. Oh, okay. Well, I like to. I I like saying Batman better. I like Batman because Batman. My, I have visions of you know the Dark Knight and all that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Gregor's Batman. <laughs> but I, but for somehow my brain differentiates them in my head. Like I'm like, oh yes, of course it's a Batman. Yeah, not a Batman. That, I mean that makes <laughs> that makes more sense because when I looked it up, it said like principally British. So yes, yes. Um, and, and speaking of uh that pronunciation let's talk about greg bleakman the best and worst (laughs) alias ever i want to call him greg bleakman yes even though i know it's bleakman like bleakman's world (laughs) yeah but it also he's like describing himself hi i'm greg i'm i'm bleak he's man it's terrible it's it is awful. terrible. Like I want to be like Lois. What were you doing? But then I also know Gregor. What it's it's what he would do. <laughs> right. It's more like Gregor. What are you doing? I mean, Gregor's and, not used to thinking on his feet in that kind of capacity. There are a lot of Gregor. What are you doing? Questions that can be posed in this book. <laughs> um, and I am really glad that Miles like kind of gave him a talking to. Yep. Uh, it, when he first comes across him and like, what the hell were you thinking? Like, they're probably freaking the hell out. And like, Greg's Gregor's like, I, I, I knew it was a mistake right away, but I just couldn't go back. And like, and we I skipped over before when Miles was arrested, Gregor came to visit him and they like drank two bottles of wine together and played a uh, basically a tactico or stratego whatever the brayer inversion is and uh like gregor was talking about wanting to run away and i'm like oh foreshadowing (laughs) um but um so you you don't find this out until later when miles and gregor have another conversation at the end of the book but 
um it wasn't just like out of the blue like because the last time we saw gregor in the warrior's apprentice like he was in the middle of various sides of the government trying to earn his favor and trying to influence him because he had just taken over yes like the regency had just ended and he was just now trying to get on his feet yeah about who he was as a ruler yeah, so Gregor is two, five years older than Miles. So he would have been 22 in The Warrior's Apprentice, which means he'd been emperor for two years because 20 is when they Oh, is it power. 20? It's 20. I assumed for some reason that it was 21, like Earth. Um, I, I think it's 20. I, I think it's 20 because I remember Errol, they say Errol's regency was 15 years um and he gregor was almost five when right. uh, when he took over so yeah i think it was tw- i think it's 20 interesting um, so yeah um he uh uh so yeah he he's only was only in power for like two years and he doesn't know what he's doing he's trying to prove himself and like that and he you know was not listening to errol and stuff because he wanted to prove himself and realize that's not the greatest thing but now it's you know it's uh, what two years it's two years later um yeah it's three years later because miles has just finished school so he's 28 um no that's not right miles is 20 gregor's 25 gregor's 25 so 25 like it's still really young um yeah he is under all sorts of pressure from all these sides and not just for being emperor but like to get married and have children and like you think on one hand like the emperor of Berea wouldn't have a hard time finding someone who'd want to marry him but that's part of the problem (laughs) is that uh do they want to marry gregor for the right reasons and does gregor want to be the empress of Beriar? Mm -hmm. like Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be empress. Like, that's been my <laughs> lifetime goal since I was very small. See, and this is why I said you'd love Gregor. <laughs> I would absolutely marry into that line. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also want to make sure that they're not doing it just just for that. Yeah. You know, political aspirations are all well and good, but you also, if you're having children and, you know, probably should be the right relationship mm-hmm. yes so um they end up being rescued by the dendarii <laughs> very uh, good <laughs> uh from Os- they they basically meet up with the um the dendarii again miles puts out a signal for that sergeant um but Oser attempts to throw them out the airlock um elena and the crew sort of rescue them and um, get them off of Oser's ship. Um, they put them in a freighter for safe passage across the hub, um, but the freighter captain then turns them in and they're captured by the Randall's Rangers. And surprise! They're commanded by Livia New, a.k.a. Cavillo, and even worse, Stannis Metzoff, Metzoff, who was 
thrown out of the military and is now turned to mercenarying. And when I read that book the first time and I got to that part, I was like, oh, what? no. Oh, no. It's it's bad. It's bad. Really, really bad. Yep. Because <laughs> I kept thinking, like, what was the point of the beginning of this book? They kind of, like, went away from that and then, nope. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this had a lot of things I was like, oh, oh, okay, we're going somewhere else now. Yeah. Oh, 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 I thought I knew what was happening. I don't. Nope. 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 <laughs> Do not. <laughs> so, uh, Miles figures out Cavillo's scheming in the hub, um, which is basically the end game is to pave the way for a Sidagandan invasion while getting paid multiple times. And he's like, this is not good. Um, it was also all very complicated. It was extremely complicated. Miles is like in solitary confinement figuring this out because there's nothing else for him to do. Um, right. Meanwhile, they, uh, Metsov, of course, knows that Gregor is the Emperor Brayar and they they put him up in like nicer quarters. Um, and uh, all like basically all Miles wants to do at this point is get Gregor back to Brayar. <laughs> That's why they were going across the hub to try to get to like the diplomatic station and be like, hey, take him um, back, <laughs> Emperor here. Um, but then uh, Cavillo decides to um, change her plans to um, becoming Empress of Briar. She's just going to seduce poor Gregor and he's never going to know what hit him is her plan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Miles is like, she comes in and she's like, tell me about your mother. And he's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, she got herself into Brer and society. How do I do that? And he's like, don't try. <laughs> get, that, my get mother captured. definitely didn't. She did not try to yeah. do that. Get captured. That's not her goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, she ends up sending Miles back to the Dendarii, or really the Oserans right now, um, yep. with the goal of to overthrow Oser and get Tongue back in charge, because o Oser has basically taken over while Miles was gone, and things are not good back there. So he goes back with, like, saying, like, oh, sir, I'm gonna, um, you know, make a deal with you. Uh, he, Metsov is on the station, tries to kill Miles. Um, and, uh, he uses someone's body as, like, a shield <laughs> from, yep. from the nerve destructors. Um, he uh, ends up figuring out a way to rescue Gregor. Which is basically he waits for them to get close enough to Cavillo's ship to like call them, and like if there's lag involved, which I re I really love the dedication to physics in here, even though of course it's sci-fi stuff and there's wormholes and stuff, but like right. I love that like there's lag in conversations and you can't just like send. Um, a message like at light you know faster than light you have to send it through the actual wormhole and like travel through local space is actually really slow <laughs> yeah it's 
I haven't read a lot of sci-fi that is like hard sci-fi. Yeah. Most of my favored stuff is like Star Wars and yeah, not a lot of physics there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really appreciate how detailed she is about all that. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, um, the, this scene when Gregor comes, when Gregor and Cavillo come on to the ship, I believe it's the triumph they're on, mm-hmm. is so good because Greg, Miles has not seen Gregor for a while, um, since, you know, since they got captured and he has no idea what Gregor's thinking. Does Gregor want to marry her like was this gregor's idea like what like what you know it's it, it's just very like he, well miles miles is halfway convinced that like gregor has fallen for cavillo's right uh dastardly plot yeah and he like he has he, like he wants to believe that Gregor knows what he's doing, but he's also like I have no idea. So they're right. like all in space armor. The you know all of the Randall's Rangers are in space armor, and the the conversation he had with Cavillo like over the comm was amazing because he was in his Admiral Naismith persona, like acting like basically being like okay well um like i like trying to convince her basically not to do what she's doing <laughs> um and like like she he asked to see to, to speak to gregor and um what does he say uh gregor's like um like basically miles is like planning to overthrow gregor is basically what right. he's 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 making fun yep um <laughs> also elena is like falling off the chair because because Greg, gregor is yep. like talking about how crazy miles is and like he walks around like saying soliloquies all the time and he's off his <laughs> meds and i'm like oh my god like it's such it's so great and like so they're kind of miles is like okay i think i think He's. I think he's got this right. So I think not. Yeah, he hasn't fallen for her craziness. Right, and when um, Cavillo goes to get Gregor, like she asks, like Milena, Elena's like, "Damn, if I didn't know you, I'd think you were Mad Yuri's understudy." <laughs> the look on your face am i reading too much into all that innuendo or did you in fact just convince connive to assassinate gregor in one breath offer to cuckold him in the next accuse your father of homosexuality suggest a patricidal plot against him and league yourself with cavillo what are you going to do for an encore <laughs> <laughs> so oh, then, it was so good. It is. So then Gregor gets on the ship and um he's saying like they get inside and he goes, Drop it, Cavillo. It only takes one nervous twitch to convert you from Imperial fiance to no one of importance at all. And then to no one at and and then to no one at all. You're making me real tense. You said he was safe, Cavillo sent hiss to Gregor. His meds must be further off dose than I thought, Gregor replied, looking anxious. No, watch, he's bluffing. I'll prove it. 
Hands held out open at to his sides, Gregor walked straight toward the plasma cannon. <laughs> Gregor's jaw fell open behind his faceplate. Gregor, Gregor, Gregor. Gregor gazed steadily into Elena's faceplate. His step never quickened or faltered. He stopped only when his chest touched the beaded tip of the cannon. It was an enormously dramatic and arresting moment. Miles was so last in appreciation, it took him that long to move his finger an imperceptible few centimeters and hit the button on his control box that closed the blast doors. <laughs> And then he says, Mile, and then it goes, Miles dropped his plasma rifle, tore off his helmet. God almighty, I wasn't expecting that. Gregor, you're a genius. Gently, <laughs> gently, Gregor raised a finger and moved the tip of the plasma cannon aside. <laughs> That's my favorite moment in that. It's like, so good. It, it's so regal. Yes. Like, just yes. one finger and gently push it aside. I don't know. I just loved that. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. I like I I'm like they need to make this a show or a movie just so I can see that moment. Yes. Yes. And then um it goes on Gregor says, "I didn't know how fast you'd see through her." Oh, at once, shrugged Gregor. She had the same hungry smile Verdrazda used to get and a dozen lesser dozen lesser cannibals since. I can smell a, a power hungry flatter at a thousand meters now. And then the end of that, that section be kind of sad for Gregor. Yeah, it ends at the the end of the section ends with um did you realize what did you do you realize what's going on how many she's betrayed in part and yet yet what? Gregor's tone was so low as to be nearly inaudible. I wish she had been real. <laughs> Baby. Aww. Baby. Like he Poor has, Gregor. Ugh, he's got no parents. Like he and like the reason he jumped off the balcony is because while he was on Komar, he found out the truth about his father. Like he had heard rumors about him, but put them off as propaganda. But like apparently while he was on Kamar, like whatever he found out was like he couldn't deny that like, made him believe that yeah. his father was a crazy sadist, you know, psychopath, basically. He was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um they end up basically figuring out how to um stop the Sidigandan invasion. They Gregor is sent off to Vervain to sort of talk with the people. And um uh oh they're here oh this is a good part when um Cavillo is uh, confronting Gregor later, and she goes, you snake, she snarled, you bastard. Gregor sat with his elbows on the conference table, chin resting in his hands. He <laughs> raised his head to say tiredly, Commander Cavillo, both my parents died violently in political intrigue before I was six years old. A fact you might have researched. Did you think you were dealing with an amateur? Oh, oh poor Gregor. I know, but I, mean, I also makes me really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel bad for him that that's the that's how he is. That's his reality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, they end up. There's this battle of the Hegan Hub. It's very, you know, if you if you if you're into space battles, it's cool. 
it's it's slow and it's very different from the type of battles you're used to in Star Wars, which I, I appreciate, you know, difference. Yeah. It's also it's also hard uh, to read sometimes because there's a lot, I, lot going I on. I over it. I remember that it happened. And that's about the best I can give you. I am glad that Admiral Tung seemed to enjoy himself so much. And um, like he really loves um, Errol Verkozigan. So he probably like studied all his tactics. So that when um, the Barrarian fleet comes in to save the day with Gregor Verbara, with, I'm sorry, I have to say it right. Emperor Gregor Verbara and Admiral Count Errol Verkozigan, joint commanders, tongue is like, what? When, when that part happened the first time I read it, I'm like, oh my god, Gregor got some responsibility. And then Aww. like Tongue's like, do you think I can meet him? <laughs> and Miles is like, I'll see what I can do. Uh, I'll see what strings I can pull. So they all go to the um the Prince Serg um to you know meet with uh the the commanders. And Errol and Miles have another lovely conversation, and um, they, uh, you know, everything's nice, everything's good. They, <laughs> Errol admits that he did not want Gregor on the flagship, and he's like, how did he convince you to do that? And, like, Miles is like, Gregor stood my father down? I want to see that happen. <laughs> But then Errol is like, I I didn't want this day to happen. He's like, no, I wouldn't have done my job if I hadn't wanted to tell him what to do. But I made a promise to an emperor once. And if if I couldn't let go, then I hadn't done my job. That was a really profound little moment. Yeah. Like... Errol is more of a philosopher than I think mm-hmm. anyone gives him credit for. Yes. Um, not that he's not credited as a, credited as a smart, you know, capable Strategist. man. But, yeah. but, he, but he's mostly renowned for his military. Right. His tactics, you know. He's not generally regarded as a philosopher, but I think that he does. Uh, I think that he's a lot deeper mm-hmm. than we've gotten to see so far. Yeah. Maybe there's more later, but. Yeah, I agree. Um, so um, Cavillo and Metsov ended up escaping during the battle um, and uh, as did uh, Oser. And Miles is like, well, I think they became space dust, like, because they saw, what, like, a ship being exploded. Um, so he's like, oh, you know, all right, things are good. Uh, leaves the guard by his door as he goes inside. And <laughs> guess who's in there? Dun, dun, dun. Camilo and Metsov. Um, and uh, they've got, a, you know, they've got a nerve disruptor. Their Metsov is choking Miles and Cavillo's like, um, hey, you guy. And Metzoff is like, what? And it says, 
Uh, Stannis Darling, she cooed, Metzoff, obsessed with Miles's lingering strangulation, did not turn his head. Cavillo, clearly imitating Metzoff's cadences, recited, Open your legs to me, you bitch, or I'll blow your brains out. Metzoff's <gasps> head twisted around then, his eyes widening. She blew his brains out. Yeah, that, that was rough. <laughs> that was a thing that happened in this book. Yeah. Uh, didn't didn't, it, didn't see that one coming at all. I don't actually. think Metzoff did. Um, oh, he nope, sure did not. Uh, neither did Miles, and like Miles is like frozen there, and Miles is like not, not that I'm complaining, mind you, but why aren't you going ahead and shooting me too? <laughs> and she's yeah. basically saying like, I want to wait to get revenge on you. Plus, you promised me safe passage out of the hub. So another day, kid. <laughs> You know, also, she may hate him, but he didn't rape her, no. clearly. No, yeah. So, you know, that's that's nice. Yeah. Good job, Miles. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, basically, they go back to Berear at, um, uh, Miles has a nice lunch with Gregor. He makes Gregor give his word that he will talk to someone about, uh, trying to kill himself and he's like i can't talk to ilion i can't talk to your father and he's like well talk to my mother she's the only person who will automatically put gregor the person before gregor the emperor and i thought that was really sweet it is really sweet also i love cordelia and i miss her i know i know keep reading okay or keep listening Um, Either one. Same difference. Yes. I will give you a spoiler. She is in Mirror Dance. <gasps> yes. And she is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I love my Cordelia. Yes. So, um, uh, so yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that Miles knows that Cordelia will treat Gregor that way. I also appreciate that Miles knows that he won't treat Gregor that way. Like, mm-hmm. even though he, like, he's best friends with Gregor, basically, um, he knows that he can't overlook him as being emperor. Like, Gregor is his friend, but Gregor is also the emperor. Um, well, right. And I think if Miles maybe wasn't in military service, yeah, it wouldn't be as much of a problem. But he's, like, the supreme commander. Right. And so he's like, well, I have, like... When it all comes down to it, you are the emperor, um, and I can't not ever see that. My mother still sees you as a little kid with the missing shoe. <laughs> right. Um, and he's like, you know, he knows uh, that Gregor didn't tell Ilian the truth about what happened because Ilian doesn't look at him like scared to death, basically, all the time. <laughs> like, because like they know like miles knows what will happen if gregor dies like barrera will be screwed because he's they have no he has no heir yeah and the line of succession succession is not clear yeah um which has been a disaster historically Uh uh-huh not just for barrera but for you know yeah every royal line yeah so um that's basically the book it's very good. Characters are it great. It is very good. Um, there's some little world building, building things in here that I noted down on this time of read. Um, I really love 
the nickname Gregor Lugubrious. Lugubrious, yes. Um, That's just a fun word to say. It is. One of the things I appreciate about the Vorkosigan saga is it teaches me a lot of vocabulary. (laughs) Like Batman. Um, I appreciate Miles's turn of phrase, the year I was born twice. Yes, um, I and like I'm that like, Miles, of course, you would put it that way. You're so special. You got born twice. Yep. <laughs> um, I really like the, um, the use of the imperial we. Um, and there's the sentence, Elena, Miles saw, heard that official capital O too, as Tongue and Mayhew, of course, could not. I like that little way of reminding everyone that Elena is Bereran. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just one of those power things that I, that gets me all the time with, you know, certain characters. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, the Dendaria are back um, and, <laughs> and they're here to stay because Miles Yay. takes Admiral Naismith as a permanent other undercover identity. Um, like Elyon's basically like, so, so during the lunch, Gregor's or Miles is like, you know, it's going to happen. Right. And Gregor's like, eh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so then he goes to meet with Ilion and then, like Gregor comes in, in the room. Yeah, <laughs> and so it just course. makes me crack up because Miles is like, you know, it's going to happen. And Gregor's like, maybe. And then he's like, oh, hey, I'm in this meeting, too. Oh, yeah, I knew all along. And I'm here as well. Like, he's such a jerk, not telling him. Yeah. Um, but he's basically like, yeah, um, I'm going to take this fleet as my own, as you've offered it. And we're going to send you to do stuff that we can't do. Um, and it's actually really smart. It is. Like, Espe- it's super duper smart. Yeah, especially considering, like, you've read some of the further stories about, like, what the Nindari are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so the Prince Serg is in service now. And like, I love how they describe like their crews literally still working on it after the battle. Like there's uh-huh. Miles is like, this isn't damage. This is like them finishing their construction. This is like this panel was never attached. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, I, I, I just like the idea of like the state of the art spacecraft, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, tongue got to meet Admiral Verkos again. Um, oh oh this was the line when he was saying that um you know if they're gonna have lunch with with tongue that he was gonna keep in his admiral naismith persona because tongue doesn't know who he really is and he's like i must warn you admiral naismith is not very differential (laughs) (laughs) and elena and errol looked at each other and just died it's like miles spoilers yep you are also not um i like that there's a lot of emphasis on accents in this book because miles mm-hmm. has to use his baton accent his flat baton accent which i want to yeah. know what that sounds like compared to the beta the good old Baron sounds well <laughs> sorry my dog is coughing oh. i don't know what's happening here <laughs> oh bless you both um, Right next to the microphone. Mm-hmm. You okay, buddy? <laughs> Excuse us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just going to be on every podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's just. Um, so in the in the audiobooks, they do a very like um, sort of midwestern accent for the 
Baton accent. Mm-hmm. It's just super flat and almost kind of nasally. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is just the regular guy's speaking voice. But right. I imagine in my head, it's like British <laughs> to American. Right. Um, yeah. But that's just me. That's how my brain yeah. works. Um, there's a line to Miles. Miles says, would he ever visit Earth? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because, like, she wrote this came out right after Brothers in Arms, which yep. is, spoilers, Miles going it's to Earth. Fun. Miles goes to Earth. Um, there is a lot of foreshadowing in the last chapter with Ilian about um, memory. Um, okay. And of course, you will not remember because it's, you know, several books down the line. But right. after you finish memory, uh, I would recommend just going back and reading the section with Ilion in okay. the end. There is a lot of interesting little foreshadowing bits. That's fun. And finally, last off, um, this is the book, first book that mentions Errol's aide, Lieutenant Joel. I did not pick up on that. Mm-hmm. So Lieutenant mm-hmm. Joel is, uh, if you know the, the names of the Vakosigan books, uh, Gentleman Joel and the Red Queen is the last book that came out. Yep. So this I, is... I actually heard about that book before I heard about any of the yep. other books. I told you about it. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> so yeah, um, um, this is his first um, appearance, and I am sure that when we get to Jenna Joel next year, we will talk about uh, Lieutenant Joel, who is apparently a very attractive man, according to Miles. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back and, and see if I can find the description again. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you don't, we don't know his name until, um, until Gentleman Joel. So I know, like, I, cause I found fic where they have different names for him uh-huh. because no one knew what, what his, his name, name was. Uh, Oliver. Oh. So yeah. That's actually a really good name. Yeah. Oliver I, Joel. Oh, right. I like it. I found yeah. the paragraph. Thanks, Kindle. Um, <laughs> he was flanked by his aide, a tall blonde lieutenant named Joel. Miles had met Joel on his last home leave. Now there was a perfect officer, brave and brilliant. He'd served in space, been decorated for some courageous and quick thinking during a horrendous onboard accident, been rotated through HQ while recovering from his injuries, and promptly been snabbed up by, as his military secretary by the prime minister, who had a sharp eye for hot new talent. <laughs> Jaw-droppingly gorgeous to boot, he ought to be making recruiting recruiting vids. Miles sighed in hopeless jealousy every time he ran across him. Joel was even worse than Ivan, who, while darkly handsome, had never been accused of brilliance. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't know better, I would say that Miles had a crush Miles on had Joel. A crush on him. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. So, I think that's it for the war game. Anything you uh, want to add? I think so. Um, no, I don't think so. I really like this book and this series. I like this book a lot. Although, as the series goes on, I like them more and more, apart from Cedaganda, <laughs> which is its own special, special thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like them more and more this, as the series goes on. Well, um, I'm going to project that you do not like Mirror Dance as much as Brothers Brothers in Arms, but you will make like memory more. Okay. Than all of them. All right. 
I think I'm just going to have to push myself to get through Mirror Dance. I know. I mean, Mirror Dance is good. Like, I gave Mirror Dance five stars. It's just, it's hard. Um. Right. Precisely. That's um, what I thought. It has a good um, ending. I mean, it's overall uplifting. Okay, so it ends well. I yes. just have to get through the muck. All, in the of, all of Bujold's books end nicely. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I can I can manage that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, um, that is the Vor game. Uh, thank you all for joining us for episode four of the Vercosa cast. Join us next month as Miles and Ivan have a somewhat boring adventure at a funeral. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Vercosa cast is a Tashi Station podcast brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Tashi Station for more details. And we thank you all for supporting the show. Follow us on Twitter with the handles at Nancy Pants, at R underscore A underscore Smith, and at Tashi underscore Station. Subscribe to the show on iTunes via the Tashi Station Master Feed or the Tashi Station Book Club Feed. And don't forget to leave us a review. Forward momentum! <laughs> <laughs>